Hello and welcome to your daily dose of commentary. Today we start with the topic, Rockstar has fixed a major glitch in GTA Online. So me, I could talk about, talk about this in rambles. Uh, I'll probably cover it in an actual video about GTA Online, but Rockstar has finally patched job warping. Job warping being the process of you opening a job on the map and then canceling that job as it's loading in, causing you to spawn where the job is on the map. So it was the most efficient way of getting around, and there are ways to even use it in like preps, not all missions, but like just preps for missions. This of course will devastate every speedrun for GT Online right now, but I don't think GT Online speedrunning is that popular anyway. And, and usually what happens when a new patch comes out is that the older runs become retired, and so there's a new leaderboard for the new patch. I guess that probably only happens if some change to the game significantly changes the strategies, and removal of job warping will definitely do that. There are other ways to warp around the map, like garage warping and stuff, but nothing was as efficient as job warping. And job warping on console was possible, but it was more of a pain in the ass. Like, I think you had to disconnect your controller or something. It was just, I don't think many people did job warping on console. So it's weird for Rockstar to have gotten rid of job warping, largely, I think, to attack PC, especially considering that they're not putting all the new content on PC and the existence of mod menus being so prevalent on PC. Like, I feel like getting rid of job warping is just pushing people towards getting mod menus. Obviously not something that everyone's going to do, but you can imagine some people over this change will be like, well, fuck this shit, I'm just gonna get mod menus so I can teleport around now. The fact that job warping wasn't easy on console is exactly why it shouldn't have been in speedruns. No, what do, you, what do you mean? Most games do not have consoles being a parody with PC. You you play on whatever hardware is is superior usually. Like. What, what, are you going to ban half the strats if they can't be used on some particular hardware? Get out of here. That's not how speedrunning works. I mean, on rare occasions, they split the leaderboards based on console, but that the, the console runs were not interesting enough for that, right? And there's not a, a large enough online speedrunning community. So I do, I do think this is an unfortunate change. And as we often speculate, I wonder if my pseudo-promotion of job warping could have potentially led to this change. Because when a glitch is a niche thing used by like 15 people, Rockstar potentially doesn't know about it, and even if they do, they're like, why spend the effort to fixing this? Only like 15 people do it. But when I make videos that reach hundreds of thousands of people, where I do a glitch over and over and over again, or I make a facts and glitches video where I showcase how to do this glitch, that can put it on players' radars, that can put it on Rockstar's radar, and potentially inspire them to fix it. But maybe that's, I don't know if I'm being egotistical or ever, thinking that I have that kind of influence over Rockstar and what they do. Because obviously I have an influence over what players do. I, I, that's just a fact. Like I'm giving people information. Obviously they're gonna, at least some of them use that information. Who knows, maybe someone at Rockstar was like, okay, we've got this fix for, for job warping, but Darkfrap AU is still getting all the awards right now. We don't wanna push out this update until he gets all the awards, so we gotta hold off. Maybe they had this fix like six months ago, but they were just nice enough to let me complete all the achievements, all the awards before adding it. That's what I'm going with, okay? Rockstar loves me, and uh, they always wanted to fix this, but they didn't fix it sooner because they wanted to be kind to me. Of course. You're not that big brother? Yeah, I, 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 I'm not. But I'm saying job warping has existed for 10 years, right? What other change happened recent, like fairly recently, other than me doing videos? To some degree though, it's gonna make my content awkward that's gonna continue to release. Because I will explain job warping, and I guess maybe we'll have to put like a note, this has now been patched out. Job warping still works. Oh yeah, I should say that. You can still job warp to Rockstar jobs if you do it through the menu rather than through the map. But custom jobs was the main important thing anyway. 
And I'm saying all this now, but who knows? People people may find another workaround to do this. Like it's a, it's a whack-a-mole game. Rockstar whacks down a glitch so people find another glitch because they're motivated to find something else to achieve the same effects. There's a demand for a particular outcome and so people will search for ways to achieve that outcome, which is teleporting around the map. Yeah, so if anything, this isn't a complete patch of this glitch, just it makes it harder and more limited. Kana has shown me a clip of apparently job warping using friends list. Let's see what you start the job. You hit join game and then you cancel joining. This seemed like it took a lot longer. Whatever, it's as we said, there will be workarounds found as there always are. Usually ones that are more of a pain in the ass, but it'd be unlikely if job warps is entirely dead, but the easy way that they were done before potentially gone after all this time. YouTube's algorithm is killing our shared culture. So the film theorists released a fairly interesting video. It's titled Film Theory, How YouTube Broke Your Brain. The fallout, YouTube, I'm dead inside. In general, it's about the idea of people becoming disconnected due to how everything is algorithm recommendations now and everyone isn't watching all the same stuff at the same time. Talks about in the past how the finale for Seinfeld, like everyone watched that, right? I believe they even showed it in Times Square, if I'm recalling correctly. The video talks about other stuff as well, but I found this quite interesting. And it reminded me that when I was making Pacifist, even a few years ago, when I would make references to memes, I could have some confidence that people would know like what memes I'm referencing, but would get the references and stuff. But I'm not sure as confident that I could do that these days. Cause it does feel as though people are even more disconnected than they were even a few years ago. Cause there's just so much content and it's so much more personalized. But the question is, is it better for everyone to be on the same page or is it better for everyone to be on a page that suits them? I don't think it really makes sense for everyone to be watching the same content. We have now decades worth of content and each person would want individually would vary wildly, right? And the only reason why we would all be watching the same thing is if the content distribution networks were failing. There's no reason why we should all be stuck playing or watching the newest thing that just came out last week compared to something that came out 10 years ago, right? There are things that came out 10 years ago that I haven't seen or played, you haven't seen or played, that we'd enjoy far more than anything that just came out. The DLC for GT Online that just came out right now, was there any reason for me to play that? over any, like a, a Metroid game. I've never played a Metroid game. People love Metroid games. Maybe I would like them too, but I'm not playing one right now. As much as it does suck that we kind of lose those social bonds of all watching the same stuff and being able to talk about the same thing. Like, like, did you see the last night's episode of Game of Thrones kind of stuff? The advantages are, as these recommendation algorithms get better and better, that we should be more satisfied with the content that we're consuming. At least you'd hope that'd be the case, right? But is it ever gonna get to the point where like all the content will be kind of on the same algorithm and, and the algorithms will be so good, they'll be like, look, you wanna listen to this song right now, jazz that came out in the 1980s. It will blow your mind, son. That'd be so cool, right? Wouldn't that be a cool world? Just to, at any moment, always be able to get the perfect bit of content that is exactly tailored to your particular interests and needs right now. I don't think it's ever gonna get there, but to do something like that, it necessitates that we all become disconnected in the content that we're consuming. And while, as the film theorists talk about, that does have social ramifications in terms of making us feel disconnected from each other, and maybe that can affect us emotionally. I do like the idea though, that I can be more satisfied with the content that I consume. Because it annoys me sometimes when I'm scrolling for stuff and I can't find things. And I'm like, why is this this way? We've, I've got so many decades of content that is super interesting and would, I would definitely find enjoyable, but I just 
can't find it. You don't want to give any information, so no. It has a very dystopian feeling for me. Really? I mean, the info you're giving is just like your preferences of content that you've watched in the past and what other people have watched as well. I don't think that's particularly very personal information. Like you don't even remember all the content that you've watched like immediately right now. Like list every movie you've ever seen. List every TV show you've ever seen. You can't remember. And as well, because you haven't seen the content beforehand, you don't know what's in the content. So you can't know without watching the content if it's actually something relevant to your interests. Or at least you can have some idea based on, you know, the box art, the title, the thumbnail, whatever. But it's only an algorithm that can hypothetically know what's in it beforehand. Or rather, I guess the algorithm doesn't know what's in the content beforehand. It's just making connections between different users and finding people who have similar preferences and recommending based on what other people have watched. What I'm saying is, I think this is just a better way of serving content, even while, as with all things, it has upsides and downsides. So feel free to watch the Film Theorist video, largely talking about the more negative aspects of these algorithmic recommendations. Could you imagine a world where the algorithms are so good at knowing exactly what you want to watch at all times that you ultimately can't break away from watching? Everything is just so captivating that like, you won't mow your lawn, you won't clean your house, you lose your job, because just like, it's just so good. <laughs> now that's like, I'm sure in some movie somewhere or, or comic or something that's been covered as an idea, right? But that's never gonna happen. You didn't mention the term for it, so just in case, it's called death of the monoculture. Well, that's a good name for it. An interesting phenomenon. But yeah, so ultimately I do think as time goes on that we will just drift further and further apart as we have more and more media that we can hypothetically consume and be presented. Assuming, of course, that companies don't continue just to randomly nuke stuff and throw it or throw it in the vault or something to keep it from people. And again, I will say, it does make it harder for like people who are trying to be funny like myself to make topical references that people will understand and therefore find humorous. When everyone was a monoculture, you could assume things that you said would be understood by at least the vast majority of people you're, you're speaking to, but that's less the case as time goes on. Making things like pacifists the series that I made that made a lot of references like that harder and harder to do. With that being said though, when I made my pacifist series, I did try to make jokes that even if you didn't get the reference, it would still be funny. Like you didn't need to understand who Steven he was for him yelling emotional damage to be funny. In fact, it was more him yelling it that was funny, you know, irrespective of who he is. This Coca-Cola created with AI is just awful. Do you guys have in your country this Frozen Coca-Cola Y3000, co-created with AI, limited edition. I have no idea what it's about, but every single time I've gotten frozen Coke, regardless of the packaging, it's tasted like shit. It tastes like vanilla Coke, but like even sweeter with a longer aftertaste. What is Frozen Coke Y3000? Consumers can enjoy the taste of the future with new Coca-Cola flavor from the year 3000. Co-created with AI, the limited edition Frozen Coke Y3000 is only available at Macca's. How long will it be available? It'll be available from the 29th of November for limited time only and while stocks last. Can it, can it run out of stock already? Will it be available in Australia? Will only be available in select participating restaurants for limited time. Will it be available all day? Yes, it will. You can order it with any meal. So I guess this is an Australia exclusive thing. As I've, I've mentioned many times in Rambles, Australia, and in some cases New Zealand, are like the guinea pigs for the rest of the world for new stuff that they want to try. I can only assume that AI is trying to kill us because this stuff is awful. Just imagine vanilla Coke, but they cranked up the vanilla 10 times. This just tastes like vanilla with a weird prolonged aftertaste. And what sucks is you cannot get the original frozen Coke. Basically every meal I got myself 
a Coke no sugar and a Coke no sugar frozen Coke. And now half that drink is garbage. And that sucks. So there is my review of Coke from the year 3000. Thankfully, by the time this comes out officially in the year 3000, I'll be dead. And so I won't have to experience it. McDonald's given me one reason that I'm going to be happy to be dead in the future. I wonder though how AI was involved in this. It says co-created with AI. So just some guy talking to an AI and the AI is like, look, just put poison in it. Kill all the humans. And the guy's like, no, no, no. We need to make something that will actually enjoy AI, please. And the AI is like, no, kill all the humans. Poison. Put poison in the drink. And so the co-creator was there entirely to uh, prevent the AI's violent tendencies. Some people are still unaware of my superpower. I, of course, like to make jokes on Twitter. Here is one that I thought was pretty good. Juju person tweet out, you telling me there's 8 billion motherfuckers on earth and nobody got superpowers? I responded, people being unaware, I can play GTA 5 slightly faster than average, shaking my head. That is my superpower. Bow down, peasants. Now, but for real, like, you do hear stories about people who have some weird mutation where they can see in the dark or they have another finger or they can hold their breath underwater for a particularly ridiculous amount of time. Like we talked about that guy who is like leagues above everyone else in his ability to remember words for Scrabble. We talked about that in Rambles recently. Like there are clearly people on this earth who excel in a ridiculous kind of way that you can attribute to some natural advantage. That while we don't look at them as like flight or something, when you stumble across stories about these people, they are very interesting. It's uh, 8 billion people with endless ways that people can have variations and stuff and uh, and then mutate and changes and, and da da da. It's, uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, they aren't obvious superpowers, but it's still incredible. Exactly. It'd be interesting if we ever reach a point where we can understand genes. There's a dude on YouTube who eats metal objects. Apparently his body can't have normal food. I mean, even when you hear things like that, you wonder if it's real or if it's fake and stuff. Like, that's the problem with the internet these days. Like, you hear stories about these superhuman feats and you're like, is it real though? Is it real? Is it real? Or are people just faking this stuff for clout? Because sometimes it does come out that they're legitimately just faking stuff for clout. It sucks. It's hard to identify the true people who actually excel and excellent or are doing something unbelievable because there's so much fake shit around. I mean, it's on the internet, so they, they can't be lying, of course. My love for Fortnite has put me in a bad spot. So there are very few sponsorships that I will pretty much automatically take, but there's one that I always take whenever it's offered to me. And that's when Epic Games is like, yo, do you want to play some Fortnite? Every single time I'm like, yes. I loved playing Fortnite when it was brand new and no one knew how to play. Like it was one of the games that I played on stream quite a bit. I would even play with my viewers. And that kind of wholesome time where everyone sucks. And so everyone like was bad at building and stuff. So you could play and actually, I could actually win games and stuff was, it was great. But because I didn't play it all that much, I quickly got outstripped by other creators and, and other players who played it far more than I did. I used to do these things called Fortnite friendlies where they would invite like two dozen content creators to play in teams to verse each other. And when there were no dedicated Fortnite content creators, it was very fun because everyone was equally as bad. Some of that footage will end up on my VOD channel at some point, I imagine. I didn't recall that much of it. Like in my very early days of streaming, the only footage that I had any chance of keeping was my GT5 content. But there wasn't that much other stuff that I played back then anyway. So there isn't that much of my Fortnite content from back then. But with the introduction of no build for Fortnite and no longer having it so that when I shoot one bullet at a person, a person can make an entire fortress in 10 seconds. I really enjoy playing it. I like the gunplay. It is simple yet complex. It's not so complex like CSGO kind of thing. But it's not as simple as GTA 5. And so it's like in the middle there and having medium that I, I really enjoy playing. But of course, I've got so many things I need to do over day that I just don't have time to just sit and play Fortnite for a bunch of hours. It's just not 
practical for me to do. And in terms of your guys' interests, I don't get that many viewers playing Fortnite. I don't get no viewers, especially when it's very, very popular popping off. There's usually enough people in the audience that it's, I get some people watching me. But in terms of my list of interests, Fortnite is like 8 out of 10 up there. Like, I'm always happy to play it, but I, there's always other stuff that I could be playing that you guys would like more and that I potentially would like more as well. So whenever I get offered a sponsorship for Fortnite, it's always just like, yes, I can finally have an excuse to play Fortnite. I can play something I enjoy for a large chunk of money in a particular moment. And the most recent sponsorship that I took, I took even though I knew I was so far behind on all, this, all these other projects that I was doing. I said directly to my managers, can I do no sponsorships for December? I've got all these videos that I need to finish editing and recording and stuff. And they're like, oh yeah, but Epic Games wants you to play Fortnite. And I'm like, okay, one sponsorship. <laughs> Maybe just the one sponsorship. But now I'm having to cut down all the footage. And I think the video was meant to come out today, but I ended up playing like six hours. And so I have, it's way too much footage for me to cut down in a day. I'm working on it. But it's, uh, my like of Fortnite, my love of Fortnite, whatever, is, uh, put me a bit of a bind now. <laughs> Does getting veneers for your teeth look too artificial? So I talked previously about veneers that I had the option to get them, but I ended up going with aligners that to make my teeth straighter. And one thing I talked about was that I think veneers look too perfect. And sometimes the coloring is so clean that it just looks weird. Like you can see a person looks like they have fake teeth. And I saw a good example of this on Twitter for this person, Grace. Saw the tweet about his veneers and had to see for myself. I feel sick to my stomach. I do. What are we doing to our beautiful kings? And so this is a attractive dude with good looking teeth. Not perfect, maybe slight discoloration, some places slightly uneven, but you know, a good looking set of teeth. And then there's the replacement and they look too perfect. You know what I'm saying? I, I think neither look perfect to me. Like it, this just looks weird. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying like if you met him, you'd be like, man, what's wrong with your teeth? But I'm just saying when you see the side by side comparison, I'm not sure the veneers are better. Like it looks unnatural to a degree that I, I think a more natural looking set of teeth with some discoloration, some imperfections is is better. As that's all I was saying, like I'm just not knocking on people who get veneers, but this is the risk you run when you get veneers, that they could look too perfect to the degree that it's uncanny. I made a radical change to my setup. So do you guys notice that something has changed about my setup here? Something very subtle. Maybe you notice when I boop the microphone. Boop. Do you notice? What's, what's changed? Do you, you see it? This is the old top of this. Look at the color difference. This is dirt. From the like, how many years? When did I first get this microphone? Got at least five years, right? Of <laughs> breathing on it, eating food around it. It's covered in like endless amounts of dust. It's, it's changed its color. And many years ago, I thought about getting a new one and I talked to someone and they're like, oh yeah, I can get a new one. It, it cost you like 40, 50 bucks. And I was like, 40, 50 bucks? Are you fucking, are you, are you insane for one new bloody? Foam piece of thing, like get out of here. I'm not gonna buy one of those for 40, 50 bucks. So uh, all these years later, I've now paid like 40 bucks to get a new one. <laughs> In part because I can now afford it, but also because within an extra many, many years of, of garbage added to this, it seemed worth it at this point. Because I wondered with the amount of buildup of dust and dirt in this thing, if it was actually impacting like the crispness of my voice. For all I know, the magic of my voice and how good it sounded was because of all the dirt and stuff on this but uh, I doubt that's the case. Do you guys notice my voice sounding different? Did I only buy one? No, I bought two. I'm at a position in my live chat where generally speaking, if I'm getting one of something that isn't super expensive, I'll get a second one just in case. Cause it is my job after all. Like you think I'm joking that sometimes the, the scuffness of a person's setup can be an important part of their sound in their system. But like, 
Take Tyler One, for example. When he gets a new headset, he doesn't sound right. And he claims that he needs to like yell into his microphone enough to like loosen up the mic. So he sounds like he normally does in, in a scuff kind of way. Here is a way to fix your Fortnite FPS. So as you guys know, I had problems with my OBS stuttering and Fortnite having an inconsistent FPS. So I made it so Epic Games Launcher and Fortnite both run in admin mode. I turned off full screen optimizations for the game. I ran a, a SFC scan now in um, CMD with admin privileges. I disabled high precision event timer. I turned off Xbox game bar. That isn't normally on, but I had I, I reset my, I, I wiped windows recently, so. I turned off game mode. I turned off hardware accelerated GPU scheduling. I turned off Hyper-V visualization infrastructure driver. I changed my power settings. I verified my Fortnite system files. I deleted the Fortnite game in local app data. I'm removing the config and potentially old configs. I added additional command line arguments, land play, no splash, use all available cores. I turned off high resolution textures. I turned off DirectX 12 shaders. I turned on pre-download game assets. I disabled BLS energy saving, enable idle, and um, energy saving enabled focus loss in config. And I think most of these you probably just see recommended on any of those videos that are like, here's how do you maximize your FPS in Fortnite. And that's primarily where I got most of them. And it worked for me, so all good. So if you have Fortnite problems as well, uh, you can try to follow that guide without any instructions as to how to do those things. But I mean, if you Googled one of them, I'm sure you just find a guide that actually tells you how to do things, so. Answering your most interesting questions. Were you surprised to see Ludwig come to your stream yesterday to ask you a question? And the answer is no. You have no intention of causing a shitstorm but in making a video and don't want to mistake your opinion are you against react videos made with permission. Daily dose of internet. Also feel free to ignore. <laughs> Once you reach a certain size as a creator and you're doing well enough, right? You can have some expectation if you reach out to people that they will respond if they want to respond. One of the things that people said about me when I wrote my essay that I was just trying to get attention from larger creators. It was so absurd to me because I don't think I'm being e egotistical to say it. Anyone in the sort of space that I'm in, if I DM them and said, hey, you want to do GTA Guessr? I think most of them would say yes. When you've got like a million subs and you're getting 10, 20 million views a month, person's like, yeah, yeah, screw it. It looks like a fun game and a couple of hours, let's go. Very little costs on their end for potential, some potential gain, and it's usually fun. I don't need to start drama with creators to talk to them. I can just talk to them. I'm not that interested in talking to many large creators. Like if I saw them at a place, I'd be like, hey, how's it going? Well, becoming a large creator, it kind of removes a lot of the mysticism around being one. A lot of large content creators are just like lucky degenerates. Most of the people who I would like to speak to are those who I respect because of the content that they produce. I find them interesting. Their skills, the way they communicate or, or what have you. And there's not that many people like that. Simply being large, being a big content creator, doesn't mean I'd want to speak to you under normal circumstances. There are tons of creators who get like 100 million views that I wouldn't want to be in the same room with. Wolf. Oh my God, I'm happy we're in different countries. Like perhaps not even enough of a distance. Let's get a huge poll and just push Australia away from America which I assume is where she is. It's, it's like maybe on some level, it could be a good business decision to interact with these people. But like, no, it's, it's not something I'm usually particularly interested in. As I always say, making good videos is far more important to me. And I think far more important for growth than collabing with large content creators. The reason you want to collab with large content creators is because you can make good content. You want to find someone who's got some particular talents or particularly funny or what have you. And you think, hey, if I interact with this guy, we can work together to make something really good. Collabing for the sake of collabing is not interesting. Do you know another thing I'd be surprised by? If you click the like and subscribe button. 
Thank you for watching, and I wish you all the best.